Welcome to the Button to Christ Ministries podcast. Here you will find powerful messages from our ministry founder and president, Patrick Baker. You will also hear interviews and testimonies, all designed to encourage God's people to come higher in Christ Jesus and experience true power in Him. Join us every week on our prayer line every Tuesday and Friday morning at 5 a.m. and Tuesday and Friday nights at 7.30 and 9 p.m. respectively. All times are Eastern Standard Time. And now, without further ado, sit back and enjoy the Button to Christ Ministries podcast. Most high and mighty God, Lord, I give you thanks and praise for your mercies, Lord. It is you who woke us up this morning. It is you, O God, who ordained Um, the nations, oh God. You are worthy, Lord. And Father, I just want to give you praise tonight. Lord, as we come, I pray that you forgive us for our sins and cleanse us of all unrighteousness, Lord God. Lord, you are so good. And Lord, as your psalm says in 124, if it had not been the Lord who was on our side, now may Israel say, if it had not been the Lord who was on our side when men rose up against us. Then they swallowed us up quick when their wrath kindled against us. Then the waters had overwhelmed us. The stream had gone over our soul. Then the proud waters had gone over our souls. Blessed be the Lord who has not given us as prey to their teeth. Our soul is escaped as a bird out of the snare of the fowlers. The snare is broken, and we are escaped. Our help is in the name of the Lord who made heaven and earth. Great God, we thank you for being on our side. Father, we know when times are hard and stressful, that is when you are really near. That is when you're molding and testing us and growing us, Lord, as your children. Oh, Abba, Father, we thank you and praise you tonight. Father, as we, as we open up tonight, Lord, where we have Bible study, I pray, Lord, that your anointing will be upon Pastor Saul, oh God, as he comes to teach and share your gospel. I pray your Holy Spirit will uh, engulf him with your fire, Lord Jesus, and that you set, O Lord, his tongue on fire for your gospel. I pray you keep him safe under your cross, Lord Jesus. And I pray, Heavenly Father, that you be upon us and upon the prayer line. I pray your angels that excel in might and strength will hover over us, Lord, as we gather to learn, O God, to wrestle in your word and to reason of your love and your truth. So, Father, I pray that your word will be exalted and everything, Lord, that may come out of our mouths tonight will be acceptable in your sight. Your precious and holy name, I pray, Jesus Christ of Nazareth, with thanksgiving. Amen. Yes, my brethren, um, I just want to give God thanks as we continue. I am Brother Sean uh, from the BTC ministry, and I'm uh, just opening up this Bible study here. And what we are doing tonight, we're going to be having a small Bible study where 
with our dear Pastor Saw. And Pastor Saw is a man of God, and he has been working in the um, in the vineyard earnestly, always seeking, especially in prayer. So we want to give God thanks for him. And before anything else, um, we're going to have Sister Walters, our dear Sister Walters will be uh, singing a song of uh, meditation that we may dwell upon before uh, none other pastor saw who will be hearing short af- after. So good evening, Sister Walters. Press star starts on your phone. Good evening. Good evening, Brother Sean. Happy good Thursday evening. afternoon. And I hope you had a good day because my song is day by day. So Amen. thank you as I sing. Amen. Day by day and with every passing moment as I find to meet my trials in trusting in my father's wisely. I have no cause for worry or fear. He whose heart is kind beyond all measure, give unto each day what seems best. Lovingly, it's part of pain and pleasure. Minding toy with peace and rest. Every day the Lord himself is near me with a special message for each of all my cares. He thanks would bear and cheer me. He whose name is Counselor and Father, the protection of his silent friend, shall be immeasurably to me. <clears throat> he, made, he made my day. Sorry, this his pleasure made my be made. Help me then in every tribulation. So to trust thy promise. Oh Lord, that I may lose my faith. Be consolation. Maintain everything as from fathers on one by one again. The moment Heal I need the promise land. Amen. Amen. Praise the name of the Lord. Thank you, Sister Walters. Day by day. 
in each precious moment. So without further ado, um, we will now be having Pastor Saw and where he will be sharing a word tonight. And right after that, brethren, we are definitely going to open the lines for anyone who has any comments, any questions, any clarifications that has not been, you know, discussed throughout. So that will that's what we'll be doing after. And um, at this moment, Pastor Saw, just press star star to unmute your phone. Yes. Thank you, Brother Sean. Can you hear me? Okay, let's see. Can you hear me now? Um, I can hear you. Okay, wonderful. Thank you so much, Brother Sean. Thank you for the kind introduction. And I want to say good evening and a happy Thursday to each and every one who is online with us. Uh, for our study this evening. I am honored to uh, share in the ministry this evening with you through study of God's Word. Um, happy to be alive. I hope each of you are happy to be alive. We thank God that amidst the busy week, we can take time to receive a word from Him. I, I'm thinking that we have a, about an hour for the study or less, about 40 minutes. 45 minutes, I guess. Uh, we end at 8 o'clock, if I'm not mistaken. And so um, then we will allow for some Q&A and any, um, any comments. But if there's any, uh, I guess, any clarification needed along the way, um, you can probably indicate that. Um, and uh, I'm sure the host will be able to assist me in um, responding to those. So what I'd like to do is, um, as we go through this study, I'd like to share with you a brief study on um, how to have the mind of Christ. How to have the mind of Christ. Now, you know, there's a lot of um, ideas and there's a lot of, you know, explanations, but I want to share with you this study on how to have the mind of Christ. I think we need, above all, the mind of Christ in these difficult days, in these testing times, but above all, as we prepare for Jesus' soon return. So I'd like to, um, I'm not sure how, if I can do this on the prayer line, if um, someone can, I, I need some help with readers. So I don't want to be the only one speaking. I'd like to give a scripture text, and if there's somebody who can find that scripture and read it for us, if it's possible that way, then I will announce the scripture, and whoever finds it first uh, can voluntarily read it. So that way we have some interaction from the audience online, if that is doable and I possible. Can. All right, I wonderful. Can. Thank you, thank you, thank you. So um, let, let's uh, begin with a word of prayer again, and then we'll dive and delve right into our study. So join me, my fellow brothers and sisters, as we open God's word through prayer. Loving Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for watching over us this past week. Thank you for keeping us safe and in your care and divine protection. Lord, now as we come to open your words, we ask that you will silence every voice, that your voice alone may be heard, that, Lord, the entrance of your words will give light and give understanding unto our simple minds, that, Lord, you will enlighten us and illuminate 
our minds through the Holy Spirit as we wait upon you and your word. Feed us now. May we be inspired and be blessed. This we ask in the almighty name of Jesus Christ, the living word. Amen. And amen. So how to have the mind of Christ? How to have the mind of Christ? Well, our capstone text is found in Philippians chapter 2, verse 5. So can someone turn uh, there with me? Um, we all can turn there if you have your Bibles. Philippians chapter 2, verse 5. You all know this verse for the most part. You've heard it many times. And we want to break that down, how to have the mind of Christ and what it means to have the mind of Christ. Philippians chapter 2, verse 5. Since it's the opening text, I will, I will read it. And I then the other that. verses. Um, okay, you want to go ahead? You found it? Okay, I got it. May the Lord add his blessing to the reading of his word. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. Thank you. Philippians 2, 5. Thank you, my sister. Let this mind be in you. So let's talk about that for a moment. So, you know, uh, just to illustrate by way of introduction, babies are beautiful. We we all seen babies. Some of you have had babies. We were all once babies. They're beautiful. And it, it's wonderful how they make uh, their parent or parents so proud um, as they look at this beautiful bundle of joy. They represent the very picture, I would say, of innocence. And that perhaps there's probably no other time in life when a human being is more free of any taint of evil or of sin when you are in the form of an innocent baby. But wait, um, there are those who look at perhaps the same baby and they see something different. Instead of a sweet, innocent inheritance of a baby with a nature that is corrupt, the baby is lost and condemned as it draws its first breath. A little package of life tainted with the sin of Adam and Eve, even though that original sin that they had committed was thousands of years in the past. The question is, what does the Bible teach? Are babies born innocent or guilty? And what does it mean for us whether or not they are Christians? Do they live constantly in a state of sin, needing constant forgiveness for the constant sin of a corrupt nature? Could we have misunderstood such a basic question as what is sin? And to be more precise, what is the nature of that sin for which we are condemned and lost for eternity? Well, let's explore that together. Can someone help me find James chapter 4, verse 17? James chapter 4, verse 17. As you, as you find it, um, just let me know and, I'll, and I will stop so that we can hear the word. Now, does a baby know the difference between right and wrong? And is it possible that we might not always know the right thing to do or say, and of course unwittingly do or say the wrong thing? In neither case, for the baby or an adult, is sin involved? I have that scripture. Thank you. A mistake, yes, but no sin and no guilt. Let's talk about it. Let's hear what James 4 verse 17 has to say. Therefore, to him that knoweth to do good and doeth it not, 
to him is a sin. Ah, thank wow. you. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that. So, the Bible is very clear. If we know better and we don't do it, it is considered a sin. There are many people who know better, but they don't do better. And so someone will ask, well, you know, it's not one of the Ten Commandments. So therefore, it's not a sin. But James is very clear that if God, through the Holy Spirit and through the teaching of his word, shows us that this is clearly a violation of God's word, of his principles of truth, and we fail to do it, it is considered sin. Now, let's keep building this case. Jesus can help us understand this even further. Speaking to the Pharisees, one day, Jesus said to them in John chapter 9, verse 41, this is what Jesus said. Jesus said to them, if you were blind, you should have no sin. But now you say, we see, therefore your sin remains. Jesus was telling them that sin is not counted as guilt when there is no opportunity to know what is right. Let me read, let me, let me share that again. Jesus was telling them that sin is not counted as guilt when there is no opportunity to know what is right. The Pharisees were certainly born with the same fallen natures with which we are also born, but this did not automatically make them sinners. On another occasion, Jesus said, If I had not done among them the works which none other man did, they had not had sin, but now they have both seen and hated both me and my father. That's found in John chapter 15, verse 24. Let's, uh, let's find, can someone help me find John chapter 3, verse 19? John chapter 3, verse 19. It's talking about when Jesus came into this world. It's a very interesting passage of scripture. It's right after the famous John 3.16 and three verses down. I have that scripture. Please read. John 3.19. Do I read it? Yes, please. Okay, John 3.19. And this is the condemnation that light has come into the world. And men love darkness rather than light, because their deeds were evil. Have mercy. Thank you for sharing that. I heard a, a sermon by one of my favorite preachers some time ago, um, Elder C.D. Brooks. The sermon of the title was Deep Darkness. And he was using this verse to describe the world in which Jesus entered in. We thought that we think that our world is uh, dark now. It has been dark for a long time, ever since sin entered, and then sin continuing to develop and to get worse and worse with its effects, its rampant effects. Uh, it has become even deeper. And so when Jesus entered about 2,000 years ago into this world, he was entered into a world that was already steeped in darkness. And so right now we're in deeper darkness. And here it is that the judgment is that Jesus is the light of the world. 
and he came into this world and the world did not receive him. They rejected the light because the Bible says that men and men in a generic term, men or women, humanity, the world, love darkness more than light. Do we see that in our world that we're living in today? Do we see that people, men and women and and, and the world and society is loving darkness and the works of darkness and the things of darkness more than light. We surely are seeing that. We're living in a world of deep darkness. That's why we have to ask God to shine his light through us, that he can shine on us and shine through us. Because this world, when we talk about darkness, we talk about you know the darkness of sins. We talk about the darkness of, of the, the works of the enemy and evil and that's why when jesus comes he comes to set the captives free that he comes and he brings light and he illuminates every dark corner in every place because his word is life and his word is light as he is the living word and as he is the living light so jesus came to a world filled with darkness and they rejected that light and they were counted guilty of sin. So everyone who rejects the light that Jesus Christ has brought into this world is guilty of sin. It's almost as if it was judgment because they reject the light that has been given to them. So the Bible is telling us that condemnation and guilt are not our birthright and that we do not automatically live in a state of sin because, just because of Adam and and Eve's original sin. Yes, we are born and shapen in iniquity. But is the Bible telling us that to become guilty of sin, we must know what is true and right and deliberately choose to reject the truth and do what God has forbidden? Then, if that's the case, that baby is innocent after all and doesn't need to be, I guess, baptized immediately. I mean, at birth, of course to wash away its presumed inherited guilt from Adam and Eve. And we don't live in a constant state of sin because we have fallen natures. This means that sin and guilt come into existence for us only when we have light. And now we all have light. This world has light. That's why when we read in John James chapter 4, verse 17, what we know what God wants us to do and refuse to do it, then it becomes sin to us. And as, we, as it becomes sin to us, we become sinners, we are in need of forgiveness and cleansing. So sin is not the accident of being born in a sinful world with a fallen nature because of Adam's sin, but rather we can say sin is the choice we make when we know the difference between right and wrong and we say, I want to do it my way because I don't like God's way hope are following. On one occasion, Jesus and his disciples found a man who had been blind from birth. Do you remember that story? Uh, you can reference it as I, as I give you some quick points. Uh, it's found in the Gospel of John chapter 9. John chapter 9 verses uh, 2 and 3. So if you have your Bibles, you can just turn them there with me and I'll read uh, just the verses really quickly so that we can follow. So you can follow in John chapter 9, please, verses 2 and 3. This is a very uh, important lesson. You I said like John story. chapter 9, 2 and 3? You got it, yes. Okay. 
um, and as Jesus passed by, he saw a man which was blind from his birth. And his disciples asked him, saying, Master, who did sin, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? Jesus answered, Neither hath his, this man sinned, nor his parents, but that the work of God should be made manifest in him. Amen. Thank you, my sister. Beautiful. You're welcome. So the disciples had a question for Jesus about how we become sinners. They assumed that this man's blindness proved that he was a sinner and that, and that they were confused about how that sin could have been transmitted to him since he was born that way. Jesus' response shows that blindness and sin as guilt are not the same thing. This means we must make a distinction between the results of sin and the guilt of sin. Did you hear what I just said? Let me repeat that. Jesus clearly indicates here a distinction between the results of sin and the guilt of sin. Stay with me now. When Adam sinned, the entire world began an unbroken pattern of pain, suffering, deterioration, and ultimately death. Plants, animals, and human beings all suffer the tragic results of the curse of sin. We are born in a sinful world to sin-affected parents with a nature inclined to sin. But there is no indication in Scripture that we are lost, condemned, or guilty for any of these results of Adam's sin. The sin for which we give up eternal life is choosing to disobey when we know what God's will is for us. A clear example of this principle is found in the Old Testament. Um, can someone uh, read for me, uh, find for me Ezekiel chapter 18 verse 20? Ezekiel chapter 18 verse 20. Ezekiel 18, verse 20. Ezekiel chapter 18, verse 20. The Old Testament principle is very clear here. Prophet Ezekiel is speaking. Ezekiel um, chapter 3, verse 20. Yes. I'm in I'm sorry. Just a minute. It says, the soul that sinneth shall die. The son shall not bear the iniquity of the father, neither shall the father bear the iniquity of the son. The righteousness of the righteous shall be upon him, and the wickedness of the wicked shall be upon him. Ah, thank Amen. you very much. That's very important. Thank you, my sister. So it's quite clear. The point is simple that we are each responsible for our own sins, our poor choices. If a life of sin is inevitable because of inheriting a weak, fallen human nature, then I am not responsible for it. It is someone else's fault and problem. However, if sin is my own choice, then I alone am responsible. And I must deal with it directly rather than blaming someone else. 
So, sin and guilt, therefore, originate only within the higher faculties of the mind responsible for choosing good or evil. The whole person suffers the effects of the natural law as part of the earth's cycle of sin because we live in a sin-cursed world. But God does not hold us responsible for inheriting defective equipment. Sin is about deliberately breaking God's law. We also find that in 1 John chapter 3, verse 4. 1 John 3, 4, we, it simply says that sin is the transgression of the law. Now you can read that and you can reference that. 1 John 3, verse 4. Sin, at its very core, its root, is selfish love. It is putting self above God. All aspects of God's method of saving sinners, you and I, are affected by what we believe sin and guilt to be. So therefore, if sin is in the nature we inherit and will keep until Jesus comes, then three points really quickly. Let me read that. Let me, let me share that again. If sin is the nature we inherit and will keep until Jesus comes, then, number one, Jesus could not be born with our nature. Number two, the focus of the gospel must be constant forgiveness for constant sin. And number three, we will never be free from sin until Jesus comes. However, here's the big, here's the catch, here's the, here's the transition point. However, if sin is our own choice, then, number one, Jesus could inherit our nature. Number two, the gospel is both forgiveness and transforming power over sin. And number three, we can live the obedient life and victorious life through Jesus Christ, who gave us the example of how we should live. So I pause there for a moment in this one section of the study. I hope everything is clear. I don't want to rush through the study, but I've, I just completed one section of understanding uh, the backdrop of the mind of Christ, how to have the mind of Christ by understanding the nature of sin. So I take a moment right now, if there are any quick questions, not to belabor it, but any clarifying questions, um, I, will, I could open the floor now and then we'll transition to the next part of understanding uh, and how to have the mind of Christ. I just want to make sure that we are all clear on what we've uh, studied together so far. Yes, sir. Good evening. Good evening. I just tuned in and I heard partly what you said uh, regarding uh, the nature of Christ and overcoming sin. Uh, am I clear what you are saying? Are you saying that we will be sinning up until Christ come? No, no. Uh, on the contrary. On the contrary, you know, Romans says, for sin shall not have dominion over us. And chapter 5, you know, tells us where grace, where sin abounded, grace did much more abound. What I am saying is the opposite, that Jesus uh, has given us not only the example, and he has given us grace, which is not only pardon from sin, but it's also power over sin. 
That's what I'm saying. Thank you, sir, for the clarification. God bless you. You're very welcome. Praise God. Thank you for that clarifying question. Thank you. Um, I have a question. Um, so generational sin, we can't um, continue to use that as a as a justification for our sinning. We can't we can't um, say, well, you know, this mm. particular sin was handed down to us. And therefore, it's almost like um, it's embedded in us. So it's 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 going to be natural for us to um, live out that sin because mm. it's passed down to us. Mercy, very good, very good point, my sister. May I kindly respond? Wonderful. Thank you for sharing that. Now, generational sin and curse is very serious and you might have heard uh, Elder Patrick um, mention it and speak about it in his sermons and his studies and that's a very good question but to answer it directly in a short form here it is that when we know when we come to understand that we are affected by generational sin or curse and, and I just want to reference uh, Exodus chapter 20 uh, 20 verse 5 Exodus chapter 20, verse 5. I read in your hearing, Thou shalt not bow down thyself to them, nor serve them, for the, I, the Lord thy God, am a jealous God, visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children unto the third and fourth generation of them that hate me. When we come to recognize that there is a generational curse in our lives that we have inherited, it is this awareness that the Holy Spirit brings to our consciousness and as we are understanding of it, as we are aware of it now, we must come to Christ and surrender it. And as we surrender it and we pray and through the prayer of deliverance and the power of uh, the Holy Spirit, he can break the curse and cycle of sin. So here it is, that it is God bringing to our attention that there is a generational sin, but we do not have, you're absolutely right, we cannot we cannot say, okay, because there's a generational curse, then it justifies my sinful lifestyle and my sinful choices. Absolutely not. Because when we come to know about it, then we come to Christ and we bring it to him. And through his power, as we yield our will to him, and through his divine intervention, he's able to break the curse of sin in our lives so that we are no longer under the reign of sin, but we're under the reign of grace. That's what Romans tells us as well. So very, very good question, my sister. And that is something that we could probably address further in another study and perhaps in a sermon that, that uh, Brother Patrick may share in the near future. But that is very powerful. Thank you. I hope that answers your question. Yes, thank you. <clears throat> Pastor Saul. Yes. Um, also, Christ dying on the cross and taking all our sins away, you know, um, does that also break the, break the generational curses as well, because he said he took all our sins, made them Amen. his very own. That's right. Thank you for that. And so all, all when we are in Christ, when we are in Christ, 
Yes, he has made provision for us at the cross of Calvary. The, so we do have to go to him and accept his atoning sacrifice. It doesn't come to us automatically or if we just twiddle our thumbs or if we sit back in a rocking chair. We must come to Christ and in surrender to his power to, be, to experience the release of the, the bondage and to break the bondage. Um, so very important. So thank you for that point. But it, there, is a re, there is a required action on us, on our part as a believer, that we must come to Christ. We cannot just be passive about it and expect it to happen uh, naturally. It won't happen like that unless we come to Christ in full surrender and acknowledge that only his power is able to break the curse of the enemy or generational curse of sin in our lives. I want Pastor, to read for you. Uh, yeah. Paul, um, I would like to say that it, isn't it a choice then for us to break that generational curse by not following in the footsteps of mm. whatever it may be that the family is gifted of yes. doing something wrong? Yes. There is a point where you can choose not to follow in that Correct. path of your generational curse. You yes. can be the one to break Amen. the bondage. Yes, you're absolutely yes. right. Pastor Saul, I just wanted to, uh, this is Pastor Williams, I just wanted to commend you, sir, uh, of the study tonight. It's because uh, there are even ministers in the Seventh-day Adventist Church or preachers that will be sending them to Jesus comes. Mercy. And that contradicts the scripture because the Bible said when Jesus comes, uh, he's not coming to change. He's Come not on. coming to change our sinning. Right. He's coming right. to be a reward for righteous Amen. living. He's coming with his reward. With him. That's right. And I Amen. think that these Thursdays, these Thursdays um, Bible study is very, very significant to slow things down and go back over some of these old landmarks that uh, you don't hear anymore in the church. So I commend you uh, taking a stand to, to uh, give us clarity with the Timothy. There will not be individuals. Yeah, there will be people sinning until Jesus comes. But when mm. Jesus comes, he don't change their nature from sin to righteousness. You My see, Lord. There's nothing going back to Christ is our character. Mm. Yes. Character is going back to Christ and the Amen. body that he has prepared for us. And it must fit. Thank you. Thank, Thank you, you Pastor Williams. Thank you, my pastor, for the affirmation and uh, for the encouraging words. I think it's so important. And thank you for sharing that. I feel as if the Lord is, has confirmed as I was praying about this and, and just taking it to the Lord. What shall I share with my fellow brothers and sisters? Thank you for that confirmation and affirmation in Jesus' name. Praise the Lord. I want to share with you Romans chapter 5. Romans chapter 5, verses 18 through 21. You know, Romans, Romans is often said it is, it should have been part of the Gospels. Well, we, we know Paul uh, wrote the, the book of Romans, and Romans is very clear. It, in fact, Romans distills with clarity the concepts that emerge from the Gospel. It's powerful. And I love the book of Romans. And I don't know if you've gone through the book of Romans, but Romans is loaded 
for uh, for Christian living and victorious Christian living and and actually um, you know you know understanding uh, what sin is and how we can overcome and develop the mind and character of Christ. Let's go to Romans chapter five, verse eighteen through twenty-one. And um, I'd like to read in your hearing if you have your Bibles and scriptures there. Romans chapter five, verse eighteen to the end, to twenty-one, and it reads: the first verse, eighteen says. Uh, therefore, as by the offense of one judgment came upon all men to condemnation, even so by the righteousness of one, the free gift came upon all men unto justification of life. Verse 19, for as by one man's disobedience many were made sinners, so by the obedience of one shall many be made righteous. Somebody ought to say amen. Verse 20, Moreover, the law entered that the offense might abound, but where sin abounded, grace, grace did much more abound. And finally, the Apostle Paul wraps up this chapter in verse 21 with this concluding verse and says, That as sin hath reigned unto death, even so might grace reign through righteousness unto eternal life, by Jesus Christ, our Lord. Isn't that beautiful? That is one of the most clearest understandings that we now are not living under the reign of sin, but we can live now under the reign of grace. We are in living under the reign of grace if we accept the grace of God into our lives. We are no longer subject to sin which leads to ultimate death. But now we live by grace to righteousness unto eternal life through the atoning sacrifice and the merits of Jesus Christ and what he accomplished for us at the cross of Calvary. So, as we carry on in our study, and I'll do one, uh, uh, just this last, section I think we may have to do part two on this because it's so rich so we're going to probably do part two I think I I think I might be scheduled for next week but uh, if not the following week I think I I will pick up with the part two but I want to finish this off um, so that we we get to digest it in bite-sized pieces we never want to read God's word where we experience indigestion we want the food to be well received well well masticated and chewed and then of course we can absorb the full nutrition uh, of God's word so here it is that I'd like to make this statement as we wrap up with the second part of this with this uh, next section and then we will do a part two of this study because this is a very important study and as Pastor Williams affirmed it is one of uh, uh, our pillar teachings, and I think we need to understand this uh, very importantly in the last days because a lot of people gloss over this, and a lot of Christians struggle with sin and the misunderstanding of sin, and that we can be overcomers through Christ because there, there is power in the name of Jesus at, at his name and at his word, in his name and at his word. So, Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, is both our remedy for sin 
and our example for overcoming sin. How do I know that? Mm-hmm. Well, let's let's turn let's turn to First Peter. Can we turn to First Peter chapter two? First <coughs> Peter chapter two verses twenty one and twenty two. First Peter chapter two verses twenty one and twenty two. Do we have a reader for this? First Peter chapter two. Verse 21, verses 21 and 22. Do we have a volunteer reader? First Peter, chapter 2, verse 21 and 22. First Peter, Peter chapter 2, verse 21 and 22. Yes. Is that correct? Correct. Okay, for what glory is it if when he be buffered, buffeted for your fault, you shall take it patiently, but if when he do well and suffer for it, he take it patiently, this is acceptable with God. 21, for even hereunto where he called, because Christ also suffered for us, leaving us an example that he should follow his steps. Amen. And verse 22. Oh, sorry. Who who did no sin, neither was God, found in his mouth. Ah, thank you very much, my sister. So, did Jesus sin? Yes or no? Absolutely not. A hundred percent no. One hundred percent no. I could even say 110% no. Jesus did not sin. There was no guile found in his mouth. That's why he can be, that's why Jesus can be both the remedy for our sin and be the example for overcoming sin. Amen? Praise be to God. That's why his perfect life can be not only our example, but we can his life can re- be reproduced in our lives and we can have the mind of Christ. Now, his name is well known, yet people have many uncertainties about him as a man. I'm talking about Jesus. Some question, was he really God? Some question, was he really a human being? Some question, could he sin? Some question, was he really tempted? Furthermore, some say or question, did he struggle with problems and feelings like those that trouble us? Well, one of my wonderful verses of scripture I like to uh, take uh, consolation is found in Hebrews chapter 4. Can you turn with me to Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12? Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12. Now, this text, No, sorry, Hebrews chapter 4, verse 14. That's the verse I want you to go to. Can we have a volunteer reader? Hebrews chapter 4, verse 14. This verse. I got it. And verse 14 and 15. 14 and 15, yes. Okay. Seeing then that we have a great high priest that is passed into heaven, Jesus, the Son of God, 
let us hold fast to our profession. For we have not an high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmity, but was in all points tempted like as we are, yet without sin. No sin. Oh, yes. Come on now. Somebody ought to say amen. Isn't that beautiful? Amen. Amen. Let 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 let's let this sink in for a little bit now. Now 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 I got I want to read for you um I want to read for you from the amplified. This is from the King James version and I'm going to just read for you read to you from the amplified version. And it says this. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize and understand our weaknesses and temptations but one who has been tempted knowing exactly how it feels to be human in every respect as we are yet without committing any sin so that just gives further clarity to the original verse here found in the King James it, it's making the same point it's just that it's bringing a little bit more uh, emphasis is giving you a little bit more adjectives more words to give you that fuller understanding that it's very clear that Jesus was tempted in all points tempted like as we are yet he committed no sin does that give us hope brothers and sisters is this wonderful consolation is this not isn't this not encouraging for you and I to know that that we are not alone in our struggles that that Jesus understood what it meant to be tempted to be tempted by sin and yet he chose he chose now somebody will say well he was the son of god he had an unfair advantage well let me challenge that thought how am i going to challenge that well let me challenge it let me just say it by this first of all let's establish this that that jesus was 100% human but he was also 100% divine this is the mysterious blend of of the divine nature with the human nature we cannot comprehend the incarnation of christ we cannot comprehend the wonderful condescension of the divine one the holy one of israel we cannot understand it fully on this side of eternity and maybe we will never fully understand it but we can catch a glimpse and understand this fact that jesus is fully human and he's as well as being fully divine now if jesus was fully divine and and not fully human he could not experience hunger and pain and sweat and the emotions that we experience so jesus did not allow his divine nature to give him an unfair advantage his divine nature as he is god did not he did not use it to take advantage for example what i would like to say is that he committed his life to the father in every respect when he came upon this earth he was led into the wilderness to be tempted can you imagine this the enemy of souls the devil the a created being 
tempting the Son of God, the one who has life unborrowed and underived. I mean, can you imagine that 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 this created being could tempt the Son of God, the the divine one, the 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 second member of the Godhead, the Son of the. I mean, this this baffles me. Yet it shows that Jesus took upon himself the human nature, our human nature. He subjected himself, and was it a risk? Yes, you better believe it. And that's for another study all by itself. It was a great risk that he took to save humanity. Let it never be said that it was easy for Jesus to go through his 33 and a half years on planet Earth. It surely was not. It was not only a great risk, but I call it the great risk of love. It was the greatest risk of love that God took for you and I and for all of humanity. And if we begin to understand the height and depth and breadth and length of God's love, it will just keep us near the cross. And that's where I want to be. Jesus, keep me near the cross. So, he is touched with the feelings of our infirmities. You know what infirmities means in Greek? The word for infirmities means our, it means our deep inflictions, our deep wounds, both our moral wounds which begin in the mind so 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 the infirmities is something that's deep that is sorrowful this is what the greek word says it is it is a deep wound and it and it actually has to do with a a not just a physical wound but a psychological wound a mind in the mind so that's how deep that's how deep jesus experienced what we went through he not only is able to experience the physical because the physical is one thing and it's difficult but it is what happens to us in the mind the inner turmoil the psychological scars and the pain that we feel jesus felt that and all of it and more and yet he did not commit sin why because he was daily moment by moment committed consecrated and surrendered to his father and that is the secret of overcoming sin that we are daily crucified with christ and committed and consecrated and surrendered to him each day and moment by moment and here's the assurance that you and i have here it is found in verse 16 are you ready let us therefore come boldly just because what he went through for us and he's overcome, we can have access now to come boldly to the throne of grace that we might obtain mercy and find grace. Here's the word again. Don't you love it? Grace. Grace to help in the time of need. We, talk, we talked about grace in Romans chapter 5 and throughout the book of Romans. Grace is a very major theme it is the major a major theme in the gospels and here we find it re-echoed in hebrews we can find grace to help in the time of need brothers and sisters whatever your struggle whatever you're going through whatever challenges whatever sins that so easily beset us know this that god's grace is sufficient that god's grace is much more abounds than our sins and that there is grace to help us in the time of need there is abundant grace for you and i so never be discouraged whatever you're carrying whatever is bearing you down god's grace is still greater than all our sins
So I want to wrap up this last section, uh, this part one of the study, by saying this. Uh, we go to Philippians chapter 2. Philippians chapter 2. We read chapter uh, verse 5, Philippians chapter 2, verse 5. But I just want to read a few more verses uh, that we find here uh, in the same chapter. I want to read for you verses 6 and 7. Philippians chapter 2, verse 6 and 7. In fact, uh, if somebody's found it, they can voluntarily read it. Um, Philippians 2, verses 6 and 7. Got it. Who being in the form of God, thought it, thought it not robbery to, to be equal with God. 7. But made himself of no reputation and took upon him the form of a servant and was made in likeness of men. Amen. Mm. Amen. Praise God. So what we're finding here is that it shows how low Jesus condescended. He, he surrendered. He took upon himself. So it says in verse 6, he was equal with God, but, you know, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but he made himself of no reputation. That means he deliberately chose to surrender that equality that he has with God to become like us. It says in the likeness of men, the likeness of humanity. That means originally you and I were created in the image and likeness of God. But because of sin, sin defaced, began to deface and disfigure the image of God. And we became sinful. And Jesus took upon himself the likeness of the, the human nature that has fallen. Isn't that interesting? Isn't that fascinating? And that's another study all by itself. You know, and, and that has been controversial for some people. Did Jesus inherited, inherit the fallen human nature? or the nature before the fall. Now, I'm not going to open up that um, uh, study right now or can of worms, so to speak. We will leave that for another study. We'll discuss that because it's been just about an hour. But I want us to understand this, that Jesus took upon himself our human nature. And so, of course, that implies that he took upon himself a fallen human nature so he can redeem the fallen human nature to give you and I hope. So, I mean, I'm getting a bit excited here because it just shows that what God's power and God's grace can do to a fallen human nature, that he can redeem it because his grace is sufficient and what he accomplished for us at the cross of Calvary. That's good news. That gives you and I hope and all of humanity. So, we know that Jesus was fully God and really God. And we know that he was also really man, fully divine and fully human. John makes it also very clear in First uh, John chapter 4, verse 2. I'm going to give you the reference because of time. I'm just going to quickly reference it. First John 4, 2, where John states, Every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is of God. So as we go for a step further, 
in these last few points I want to conclude with, what kind of human being did Jesus become? Well, really quickly, we find this in Hebrews chapter 2, and you can reference it, Hebrews chapter 2, verses 14, 16, and 17. You could write that down, and you can go and read it uh, later on. Hebrews chapter 2, verse 14, 16, and 17. Mercy. Essentially, for as much then as the children are, all, are partakers of flesh and blood, he also himself likewise took part of the same. For verily he took not on him the nature of angels, but he took on him the seed of Abraham. Did you hear that? Wherefore, in all things, it behooved him to be made like unto his brethren. Somebody ought to say amen. Jesus is a very near and dear Savior. Notice that he partook of the same flesh and blood that we have. So, if Jesus was born of the seed of Abraham, then we only have to ask the question, what nature did all the descendants of Abraham receive? Clearly, they all received the fallen nature as a birthright. Notice also that the text says that Jesus was made like his brethren in all things. We must not pass over these texts superficially or, or just glance or just sweep it under the carpet or try to rewrite them to mean something else. Jesus really took our nature. And under the law of heredity, we receive natural tendencies from our parents and from our grandparents and as we talked about from generations. Thus, Jesus received natural tendencies from his mother for she was fully human, a fully human mother. As a human being like us, Jesus inherited the physical results of the fall, such as hunger, fatigue, thirst, and mortality, as well as the tendencies all of us must contend with toward traits such as selfishness, pride, jealousy, and even gluttony. Nowhere does the Bible suggest that the chain of heredity was broken between Mary and Jesus, Many times, he has called himself the Son of Man. Why do you think Jesus referred to himself as the Son of Man? He's also referred as, to as the Son of God, but Jesus himself called himself the Son of Man. Why? Because he wanted us to relate to him. He wanted humanity to relate to him, and he wanted humanity to know that he has come in the flesh. Praise be to God. We can rejoice that Jesus did not that sidestepped the ugliness of being born into a fallen world. He took upon himself the fallen nature. We indeed have a Savior who is near to us. We have the Savior who did not isolate or quarantine himself from the disease of a fallen nature, giving us instructions by long-distance communication. He stepped right into the battle zone with us. He stepped into the combat zone of sin. And with tender love, he takes our hand and he leads us out of the quagmire of sin which we find ourselves if we will follow him. Praise God for such a Savior. I want to end it there on part one and we'll pick it up with part two. What a near and precious Savior you and I have. That's why you and I can be overcomers by the grace of God. And I want to say something about grace. 
I, you know, in the last few years, I've been only beginning to understand the depth and the dimensions of God's grace. God's grace is not only pardon from sin, it is power over sin. And one day, by His grace, He will deliver us fully and finally from the penalty of sin when He comes the second time without sin unto salvation. That's my prayer for Mercy. study for each one of us this evening. Amen. 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 Sin should not be taken lightly. Powerful study on the power of choice and man and sin, the result of sin, guilt of sin, and us coming into the world as babes. Mercy. Only by Jesus. And Jesus who brought the lights. Well, we want to thank Pastor Saul for, you know, this study. And, you know, it's been an enlightenment to, you know, how sin is. And, you know, it's an important topic to talk about. Um, mm -hmm. At this time, we're going to open the floor, the lines, for anyone who has any comments, any clarifications, or any questions. You know, this is the time to ask. Don't be shy, brethren. Uh, Pastor Saul, um will be here to answer your questions. So just press star, star, uh, brethren and sisters, on your phone, Brother your dial pad. Brother son. Praise Brother the Lord. Son. Go ahead, sis. Yeah. Mr. Walter. Good night. Good night. Wonderful Bible study. One second there, my sister. We're hearing you, my sister. It's just very be powerful. with us one second as we have Sister Walters. Okay. Go ahead, Sister Walters. Uh, it's very powerful, very needed for us to understand the nature of Jesus Christ along with our nature and our sin problem. It's really, really needed. So thanks, Button to Christ, for Pastor Shaw coming here tonight to give us this lesson. Thank you and thank God. Thank God. God be praised. Okay, good night, everyone. This is Sister Kathleen. A long time I haven't been on the Amen. Sister Praise the Lord. What? What? Praise the Lord. I'm on the air tonight. I'm so happy. Amen. I had to call oh, many Lord. people to Kathleen. Uh, yeah, um, I had to call so much people to get the number. I finally got it. So Praise I'm so happy to to be on and you know it 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 was a hassle. I wasn't feeling too well but I'm I'm doing better now. You know Amen. I hope I can like come on in the morning and you know I can come and visit and I can do um brother Patrick came and visit me a while. And, like, I wasn't feeling too well, but, you know, now Mercy. I'm feeling much better. I'm back at Hallelujah. work. And, and, you know, things are doing well with me. So I want, I still um go to church, but now the church is closed. There is nobody going to church now. But it, it, I'm still doing my worship at home. Sometimes I do it over the line with my other brothers and sisters in Christ. And, you know, I just, 
um, hope to meet you guys sometime because I know I used to visit um, in the um, church by Brother Patrick. So I just hope, like, I am well enough to be able to come and visit again when the church is staff again. So I'm so happy to be on, and I'm just so excited to be still with the Lord and going strong with the Lord. You know, I was feeling sick, but I always pray. I think the reason why I I fall ill because I fast. I almost fast for 40 days and 40 nights. So I oh, fast man. for a long time, and then... You know, I passed out. I fall a couple of times in the home, and then I had to go to the hospital to um, be able to eat again, you know? So I passed so long. I lose a lot of weight. People would not know me because I lose so much. So I just, um, like, pray for me, and, you know, I'll keep you all in your Amen. prayers, you know, and I hope I, I talk to Brother Patrick soon. So um, thank you, and I will I will be on listening, and and I will say testimonies. Thank you. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Sister Kathleen. You know, Praise Sister, God. my sister, Praise you've God. been on our hearts. Praise. You've been on our hearts. Yes. And we we've, we've been know, praying for my Patrick, sister. It, it, I I miss you guys so much. I miss I miss you guys because I know I used to because I don't know how to get contact with you guys because I lose the mm. number. But anyways, um, I don't know if you are keeping church in the church or if you guys are um, doing get-together in each other's yeah, house. Yes, my sister. But so we do. We are continuing the t- regular Tuesday night services. And, you know, we okay. do all, obviously have to follow the precautions that are being given in this uh, yes. troubling time. But we also do stream um, a Saturday service. So, look, uh, we are going to be uh, having some announcements later. So, you know, sister, we want to praise God that, you know, we could hear your voice. We definitely want to give Christ all the glory and praise. And we give him praise that, you know, the church is not clo- closed because the church is the people. Amen? Hallelujah. Yes, yes, it's very Amen. true. Amen. Yeah. Amen. It's so true. And the brother so came and visit by Brother Patrick. Um, Lincoln. Lincoln already yes. working. He he get a job, so he's working Amen. now. So he's feeling much better. Like I still talk Amen. to him about God. We still pray together. I get him a Bible, and like I wanted to keep it up because he liked Brother Patrick. And he likes Amen. coming to church up there. So I want to keep it up because he needs people in his life. Because he's from California. He's Jamaican. But he's from, he, his mom is in California. And he's he born in, in Canada. But he, he's oh. keeping it up so well. He tell me he fasts and he pray. Wow. And he pray every night. So Amen. I'm so excited to be happy to be able to really talk to somebody about God and and they take Amen. it in heart because I Amen. always uh, I always tell him you know now things are nice he's working he has a good job 
And I told him, don't give up because, you know, when things are nice, don't forget about God because God yeah. knows what you have gone through. So um, so he's keeping it up. He, he, like when he started, he didn't want to go to work. And I had to force him. I tell him he can do this, you know, because he used to work in a hospital in California before. And now okay. he's working in a factory. So, like I tell him, keep it up. Sometimes he can get a higher position, or he can um, work with doctors like he used to do in in California. So yeah, it, and we just, do remember Brother Lincoln. We do remember yeah. him. We had I definitely remember he had visited us on the Tuesday nights, and you know we put yeah. it all together. So and we want to give you thanks. I want you guys to pray for him because he he <laughs> is keeping it up and he is working now. Now he Praise has a Lord. job and he is working and things he's looking different. <laughs> Sometimes you will not even know it's him. He oh, looks different. The he dressed better. <laughs> he looks better now. Mercy, Sister Catherine, the Lord is so good. You know, the, the yes. Lord is our provider in many ways. And you know, you know, yeah. you could even have him on the Thursday, uh, Thursday line here. I don't know if you're online listening. Um, the Bible study here on sin, and you know, oh. it, it's just a deep, deep study. So, but sister, oh. we want to give God thanks for having you, and we pray oh, that you continue yeah. to come on. You know, the the prayer because it's a prayer ministry, prayer for one for another. You know, yeah. and it's a battle in the march. So, my dear sister, yeah. we will definitely talk and we'll definitely keep in touch. We'll be keeping you in prayer, especially for your health and, uh, you know, just the love, my dear sister. Yeah. So we want to give God thanks for you. And oh, without okay. further ado, um, Pastor Saul, we're going to have, um, you know, others open up the, the, Lord, the, the line. And, you know, brethren, just press star starts on Meet Your Phone. That was Sister Kathleen. You know, we've been, we haven't heard from her in a while. And we want to give God praise and thanks that she's all right. And we can, you know, can have the chance to visit her now because she's not sick anymore. We want to give God thanks and praise for that. So, brother, yeah. just press start, yes, start, so I need your phone yes. to um, yes. give a comment yes, or question or clarification. Yes, yeah, go ahead, my brother. Like, I would like you guys to come over again. Okay, okay, sister. We'll definitely arrange that. I'll definitely get the contact needed. And we have, we do have your number still, so don't worry about it. Okay, we'll definitely contact you. No, my my number changed now. Oh, it has changed. Okay, go so ahead, I sis. I will give you. Let me give it to you now. Okay, praise the Lord. It's four one six two seven six. Yeah, go ahead, my sis. Four one six two seven six sixteen twenty three. Sixteen twenty three. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Yes. Thank, Thank you, my you. dear sister. Well, my sister, take care now, and we'll blessed. We'll talk later as well in Jesus' name. Yes. Amen. 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 Yes. I yes, did hear another yes, brother. Yes, Go ahead. Yes, I just wanted to piggyback on the subject matter tonight. Uh, we 
thank the Lord for the sister being reconnected uh, to Abundance to Christ, but this didn't want to get away from the importance of this message tonight. Uh, Pastor Saul, you preach the gospel. This was the gospel. And Apostle Paul tells us, for I am not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation. And what makes the gospel powerful, it has power to change. And that's what you demonstrated tonight through Christ. Christ can change a man's life completely. And I just really, really, I could go on, but I want to give somebody else a chance. I really enjoyed you. I haven't heard the gospel preached in almost 15 years because we don't want to wait from the, we don't want away from Christ, and we have ex, we have ex, excelled the the doctrines over Christ, where Christ should be the center of the doctrine. And tonight, sir, you preached the gospel. Looking forward to the anticipation to hear part two. Thank you so much. And praise be to God, to the Lamb of God. Amen. Thank you, Pastor Williams. Bless the name of the Lord. Amen. Brother Sean, you still there? Praise the Lord, yes, brethren. I just want to thank... Uh, Pastor Williams there, for the appreciation, the word in the gospel. Amen. Amen. Uh, is there any more comments or questions? Um, I thought I did hear a sister earlier. Just press star, star, to unmute your phone. If your phone is on mute, just press star, star. You know what? I just want to say I truly was blessed. Um, it, 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 it's alarming, but sin is taken so lightly in the church. It is. In or out, you, most people don't take it serious. And, you know, in the ten, before the Ten Commandments in Exodus 20, it says uh, that, you know, our God is a jealous God. He's very jealous, and he definitely, you know, loves us. He's our creator. So why not, you know, serve him? But in this world of confusion and uh, this this polluted world, so to say, it's just Christ needs to come. But we give God thanks that He is still He is risen and He is alive and that He is working. He is coming soon. So we have to continue to, you know, encourage one another that after that Christ is coming again in this sinful world to eliminate it completely. Mm. Uh, brethren, if there's any questions relating to the study, just press star star to unmute your phone. Any questions of, uh, you know, the sin, the results of sin. You heard Pastor Saul talk about the differences of the results in sin, the guilt of sin. Um, any, any, you know, thoughts on is it taken serious in our 
personal family. What do you guys think? What is your personal perspective on sin? Should we repent of it? Are we in a constant sin, as we have talked about the word? Praise the Lord. Do I hear a sister there? Mercy in Psalm 51, we see how, how the psalmist talks about iniquity. You know, there's presumptuous sin. It, it's it's something God does not take lightly, mm. for it brought mankind down. The fall of man was from mm. sin and disobedience, brethren. Mercy. Mm. The fall of sin. Just a simple fruit. And who would have thought that this would have happened? Mercy. Any questions, brethren? Just press star, star. You know, on your comments on sin, is it something we could, is it a process? Do we have to go into deep fasting and ask the Lord for forgiveness? Is, it, is there... Bigger sins and smaller sins, or is all sin equal? What's your question, brethren? What's your perspective? We are opening uh, this discussion for, you know, talk. Just to, it's a serious topic. It's something even our children need to know about. When should it be taught? How do we teach somebody who does not know what sin is, what what right and wrong is about? Well, nobody wants to talk, you know. Um, Hello. Okay, go ahead. Hello, um, this is Sister Kate. Hello, everyone. Um, I I am requesting, first of all, I want to give an honor to the Most High, Jehovah God, in the name of the Son, Jesus Christ of Nazareth. And and just to thank him for his his great blessings, his, oh, my goodness, his great mercy. Thank you, Jesus. And also, there is, um, I'm calling for prayer requests for a young lady whose name is T. They call her T. She is a Seventh-day Adventist, and she um, told me on Sabbath, I saw her, and she says for the past um, two weeks or so, she she has um Demons has come inside of her. I don't know how they entered in. Um, uh, she is just, she's in need of prayer. She is seriously in need of prayer because I was praying with her um, on Sabbath and um, on yesterday. And, um, and I, you know, I start to get very, very cold. And, I, and also, I can hear like somebody is, is just um, screaming, screaming, screaming. And, and they're screaming, screaming, and I began to call on the on the Word of God, actually. I got the Word of God and read the Word of God. When I began to pray and read the Word of God, the demons began to scream, 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 scream. And then they will just hush. I was, you know, I asked Jesus to bind them, to rebuke them and bind them, and they'd hush. And then they would, um, and then she would come back to herself and start talking normally. And then after a while, the same thing will happen again. So today, she's called me about six times, six or seven times. She needs prayer. She is requesting prayer. I, I've already sent a, um, a text to you all um, already. Um, 
And so we need prayer. We need prayer for her. Her name is Sister T, and I will give her your phone number so that she can call herself, but she seriously needs prayer because this is happening to her all through the day. You know, that um, these evil spirits would just take over and start screaming and screaming and then back and forth, back and forth. She um, told me. So please, please pray for her. Please. Mercy. Thank you. No, my sister, Sister K, thank you. Well, you know, it's a... We know we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but principalities. Um, we'll definitely be praying for Sister Key and keep her in prayers. And we know we continually do have um, the the prayer requests in the morning and uh, Friday nights as well. Uh, brethren, you heard Sister Kate, uh, their sister in need. If you can just write her down, Sister Key is her name, and Sister Kate. We'll try our best to uh, get you in contact there to uh, continue um, making sure things are well. want to make sure that uh, everything is well there. And uh, just as we're coming to a closing, we're going to have to make yeah. some announcements here. Uh, thank you. We have to make some announcements here yeah. pertaining to uh, the Sabbath. So tomorrow we'll definitely be coming back online. Um, Friday morning at 5 a.m., we'll have a word from Brother P and, um, and, and prayer request. And following 9 p.m., we will definitely be praying um, once again after we have a, a word from Brother Patrick as well. So, and another announcement, dear, uh, dear brethren, on Sabbath, we will be starting at 10 a.m., 10 a.m. We know the regular time is 10.30, but we are going to be starting this time at 10 a.m. And we'll be collaborating with Ajax SDA, uh, the church here in uh, Canada. And that is our home-based church. We're going to be having a prayer and fasting. So definitely tune in, wake up early. And we're going to be... Uh, we're definitely going to be following with the Ajax Church on Zoom. And afterwards, later on, we're definitely going to have some prayer and fasting after the divine hour. So we want to give God thanks. And brethren, we just want to have, wish you guys a good night. And this is BTC. What does it take to be free? Praise the Lord. Thanks for listening to the Bun to Christ Ministries podcast. We hope that you were blessed. Feel free to visit our website at buntochrist.com for more content and information. Also, feel free to contact us at buntochrist70 at gmail.com with your prayer requests or any questions you may have. May God richly bless you, and we'll see you next time.